We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, which is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KCSN. It's the headlines, rumors, stories, and stats people are talking about to get you through the day and caught up with all things Chiefs. Different guests each week with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, proudly presented by DraftKings, begins now. What's up, everyone? Did you know that Patrick Mahomes is undefeated against the Denver Broncos in his career? A perfect 10-0. You probably did know that, but it's always a fun reminder. Anyways, I'm BJ Kissel. This is KCSN Update, our daily chief show and podcast here at KC Sports Network, presented by our good friends at DraftKings. Thanks for hanging out today. Please hit that like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, make sure to go insert KCSN. You can find all of our different channels that way, covering all the local colleges, plus the Royals, plus sporting, plus the KC Current. Got a little something for everybody here. And since it's Friday, you know the deal. We are going to be joined soon by Pro Football Focus's Trevor Sikama to get his three key matchups in this game on Sunday against the Denver Broncos. Uh, have had a couple of fun conversations over the last couple of days. Quick plug on those. Uh, talked with Dr. Amy Patel. She's the uh, Chiefs representative for the 2022 NFL Fan of the Year contest. And uh, her work in breast cancer research and care and radiology, um, that in itself, plus what the NFL is doing with these fan of the year contests, go check that episode of sometimes weekly sports and stuff. It posted either late Monday night or it was uh, Tuesday morning, but check it out on the chief's channel. Uh, it's also going to be up on our YouTube and then uh, had a fun conversation with Carrington Harrison from 610 sports radio in Kansas city. Uh, we basically said he's not excited at all uh, to watch this game on Sunday against the Denver Broncos. I had to push back a little bit. Chiefs fans, for those of us that are old enough to remember, haven't always been great. Uh, and so I'm, I don't want to normalize or take for granted uh, playing against bad teams because there was a time that we were a team like the Denver Broncos are right now. And that wasn't a whole lot of fun. I watched those games, so I'm sure going to watch it when we're on the other side of it. But uh, we're going to bring Trevor on here in just a minute to get his thoughts on the matchup against the Broncos and what he expects and uh, some cool stats and nuggets for that one. Uh, but first, here's a quick word from our friends at DraftKings. The fans, the tradition, the glory, there's nothing more thrilling than college football. It's bowl season and the action is far from over. My go-to betting for DraftKings is DraftKings Sports, or my go-to betting for uh, betting is DraftKings Sports. I'll get through this. 
uh, is DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbooks apps. You know I'm all in on the Sugar Bowl as a K-State alum, although watching that KU Liberty Bowl uh, against Arkansas was a lot of fun, not going to lie. Pretty disappointing ending, but it was a fun one to watch. Uh, but K-State going up against Alabama, six and a half points they're getting right now, which I feel like is pretty respectable considering Bryce Young, Will Anderson going to play in that game. I can't wait to see what Will Howard, Deuce Vaughn, Keen Felix, what those guys do in this one. Uh, I can't feel any disrespect based on that line. But right now, new customers can place a $5 pregame money line bet on a college football team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings same game parlays. Uh, personally, with the, the NFL stuff, I've enjoyed the longer season plays. Uh, the Patrick Mahomes for MVP that I got at plus 900 uh, was a good find at the time, and it's looking good. And then Nick Bolton, the lead, the league in tackles, is within striking distance. Again, I got that one at plus 3,500. He sits in third right now. He's got to have a couple big games, but not out of the question, considering we saw his 17-tackle performance against the Seahawks last week. He's got two weeks left to play to climb back up into that. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code KCSN, and new customers place a $5 pregame money line bet on a college football team to win and get $150 if your team does win. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, now let's welcome on Pro Football Focus's Trevor Sikama to get his thoughts on this matchup. Trevor, I joked during the intro that uh, I was talking with Carrington Harrison of 610 Sports Radio yesterday, and he's not really excited. He doesn't even really want to watch this game uh, just because of what's going on in Denver. He's like, I don't want to watch bad football. And I'm at the point, it was like, I'm a diehard Chiefs fan. I watched every Chiefs game since I could, like knew what I was watching. Mm-hmm. And I'm not not going to watch games just because another team's bad. We've been the bad team before, and I'm not going to put – I'm going to enjoy the game regardless of how awful it might be to watch on one side of it. Denver is in a tough spot, man. I mean, you know, you look at what happened with Carolina Panthers earlier this year. They move on from Matt Rule – and all of a sudden they get this like motivational boost, right? It's like a lot of things are going wrong around yeah. them. They get rid of their head coach. Uh, Steve Wilkes takes over as the interim head coach. And all of a sudden it's like the team got better. Like the team <laughs> wanted to play football a lot more. I don't really think that's going to be the case with the Broncos. You know, a couple of Broncos players kind of come out and um, talked about how much they liked and appreciated Nathaniel Hackett, how they probably feel like he got the short end of the stick in a lot of things. And there's a lot of rumors that swirl around with Russell Wilson. I don't know exactly what's true, but there hasn't really been a shortage of stories or instances or rumors, whispers that teammates don't love Russ or, and I know that some, some sure do, but like, and that's why like, I don't want to be like spreading false information, but there've been a lot of things that have come out. And if those things are true, yeah. If it comes out where it's like, okay, well, Russell is a lot of the division in the locker room is souring a lot of what's going on in there. And you fired the head coach, which a lot of players like simply because you can't fire Russell Wilson. Well, then all of a sudden Broncos probably aren't going to get that interim head coach motivational bump that we've seen other teams get. Like instead it really might be the other way around and you might see a, uh, very unmotivated Denver team. They're prideful dudes. Yeah. They, they take pride in their craft. And I don't want to say that they're just going to lay down and be terrible, but haven't beaten the Chiefs since 2015. Came up short last time. A lot of turmoil even since week 14. Uh, if the Chiefs get up big again, this one could get ugly, and I would not expect a major comeback like we saw last time they faced off. 
it was, you know, don't talk trash, fear the Chiefs. Don't give him any reason to get excited because even the, at least with the Panthers and making the move, it was, you know, young, energetic guy, guy wants to be a head coach, may have a chance to really turn things around and earn himself a spot. Like these, even these coaches know like, Hey, I'm probably not going to be here next year. I mean, I, I don't know if those, those assurances have been made or what that looks like in Denver right now, but it's mm-hmm. not even like these guys are playing for a staff that's evaluating them for their future. Yes. They're putting stuff on tape, but it's to your point, it's got to be really hard for these guys to get motivated and to go out there other than just being professionals, which they do early, they get down early and then here we go again. And Russell comes to the sideline talking with a football over his mouth. So like they can't read his lips of the things that he's saying. Like we saw the the social clips, right? Um, I think the best explanation I've seen, I've never talked to Russell Wilson, never talked to a player that has played with Russell Wilson about Russell Wilson. Um, but the best explanation I saw Jeff Schwartz and he said this a long time ago because it's almost like Russ was a method actor pretending to be what he thought a good quarterback leader should look like. And now Mm -hmm. he's so far into it. He can't get out. Mm -hmm. And it's just like pretending in a way. And maybe he's a nice, like a nice enough guy. And it's not a personal thing with him as much as it is. Like they just don't believe him when he does think the the run pass stuff early in the year made me cringe yeah the players on the sideline like you can't do that with professionals and that's the kind of stuff i could see him turn it off no the other problem we'll get to the matchup because everybody i think in the country has been spending a lot of time talking about this and sharing their thoughts but you know i just you don't see a lot of guys come out and defend him either like he there's a lot of this chatter about guys and we're liking this. You don't see somebody coming out and really defending him and saying, besides maybe Brett Rippon, um, to the offensive line, which is about the first time I've seen anybody kind of say anything. The rumors of Dalton Reisner, somebody talked to Dalton Reisner, knows Dalton Reisner a little bit. That was a little out of character, a little surprised to see him getting into it on the sideline, mm-hmm. uh, which tells me how bad it must be. But um, you don't see a lot of people coming out and defending him in that kind of way. But uh Let's get into the matchup. Uh, sure. What on the start on the offensive side, talk about Russell Wilson and the Broncos offense. What on that side of things are you looking forward to as far as like the Chiefs defense, how they cover these guys? Last time they played, Jerry Judy just absolutely tore them apart. Yeah, I mean, it feels like Russell wants to be a pocket passer, right? When we've talked about um, – Russ having frustrations in Seattle about not doing what he wanted to do. Well, what did Russell Wilson want to do? Well, I think that he really wanted to be a pocket passer. And Russell Wilson was very good, and a big part of his game was escaping the pocket, extending plays, making plays outside of the tackles. And he didn't really want to do that as much. So forcing his way out of Seattle, getting to Denver, he kind of came over here and, and signed the long extension under the understanding that he was going to have a major role in what was going on with the offense. And I feel as though what he really wanted was to be this pocket passer. Now, in order to be a pocket passer, you're kind of hanging in the pocket a little bit longer. You're waiting for those longer plays to develop. And I think some of our grading numbers show that teams are figuring that out. You know, when you play quarters coverage against the Denver Broncos and against Russell Wilson specifically, they just have a 43.1 overall passing grade. Obviously not great when teams have played single high against them, which have opened up a little bit more passing opportunities because there's less guys in coverage or less guys on the back end, I should say. Those numbers then are in the 60s for both cover one and cover three. So if you play... I don't want to say like conservatively as if they're not going to be like aggressive or playing fast. But if you allocate more resources to the deep portions of the field in coverage, 
that clearly forces Russell Wilson to panic a little bit. Like, I think he wants to hold on to the ball. He wants to attack downfield. And mm-hmm. when teams don't allow him to do that, he gets uncomfortable in the pocket. The offensive line has not held up the way that it's needed to. And you see him take a lot of sacks. You see him make a lot of bad decisions. And so I think it's a philosophy thing combined with what the Broncos just don't have in their personnel and what's not working well. And they were never really able to figure out how to counter that. I don't know if it was stubbornness. I don't know if it was personnel based, but for the chiefs, they're double digit point favorites in this game, right? They should win this football game. As long as you don't get over aggressive to the point where you are oversetting and you are allowing them to kind of like what we saw in week 14, just capitalize on these opportunities and these turnovers to get touchdowns out of nowhere. If you don't allow that to happen, if you play, I'll say a little bit more conservative, a little bit more disciplined, a little bit more, hey, keep everything in front of you instead of saying we got to attack the ball, attack the ball and get aggressive, get risky. If you do that, the Broncos have shown so many times already this year that they will give you the game. That's where this Broncos team is. That's where this offense is. They will give you the win as long as you keep things in front of you and stay disciplined. Don't get too risky about it. So I think quarters coverage, um, deploying a lot of guys a lot further back, keeping those deep zones uh, really occupied with a lot of coverage players is going to frustrate the Broncos just like it has all year. I'm really interested in be talking to people that know more and former players, people who know the schemes, because so much of, of Russell Wilson in Seattle, like it just, they're, player that we saw in Seattle compared to Denver. There's a lot made about the scheme being different, the West Coast system, whatever it is about how to read and do what Nathaniel Hackett wanted to do in that offense. Just really curious because there's so many times that he was missing open receivers and just doing some very simple, what we on the outside would say, like that's a simple thing that you should know better. And you follow like protections and those kinds of things like Jeff Schwartz and Mitch Schwartz and all these guys that play the game talk about that they're saying like Russell Wilson is broken. Is it broken or is it just the system that he's learning is not the way that he has ever understood football to like how to read a defense, what his cues are. Um, I'll never forget. I had a conversation with a guy that used to play for Andy Reid was quarterback and his name's Brett Favre, but I didn't really want to talk about him, but he used to say that he would, that the way that Andy Reid would teach him how to, play the quarterback position he would tailor everything to the quarterback he was talking to to simplify it for how that quarterback's brain worked and for Brett Favre saying he didn't know how to read a defense uh it was being wasn't joking like it was being serious that Andy would teach him on every given play against every like look to look at one guy and know where to go with the football mm-hmm. he's like that one guy will tell you everything you need to know about where to go with the football and I'm just curious with Russell Wilson if maybe he had something like that in Seattle it doesn't have something like that in Denver whether it's the scheme the communication the language whatever it is how do they get back to that for him I hope they don't as a Chiefs fan but it's just there's so <laughs> many obvious things and the the wide receivers being so fresh somebody made like a highlight film of KJ Hamler earlier in the year against the Colts just losing his mind because he was yeah, he felt like he was open yeah. and then last week it was Cortland Sutton on the outside we've seen Jerry Judy lose his mind and it's mm-hmm. like are they mad because they feel they're open or are they mad because they know what they're being taught and what the reads are and the ball should be going to them and it's not I, I, I don't know know the exact, yeah, no, no, I don't, it it makes total sense what you are saying, and it feels like, right, these guys have been around the game a long time, like, Russell Wilson has been around the game a long time, so maybe it was as simple as Russ came into this knowing plays that worked, 
And maybe those mm-hmm. plays worked early on. Maybe they worked at Seattle. Maybe they worked during training camp, whatever it is. These plays that worked early on. But then as the season kind of went on and defenses adjusted as great defensive coordinators do once they get some tape on you, right. was that something where it was like, okay, we don't really have a counter. And and maybe he just doesn't know what to do after that. Maybe it was a yeah. good original plan and they just don't have a way to counter it. Okay, now they're rotating a little bit this way. Now instead, instead of watching this guy, you're watching this guy. Like you're, you're keying in a different spot. And he's like, okay, well, I don't really know how to do that. I'm not as comfortable doing that. And maybe that's that leads to a lot of the frustration because you're right. You can pick out different points when different receivers throughout the entire portion of the year have been visibly frustrated. So that y- y- these guys aren't, blowing up like that because it's the first time they've gotten mad no they've gotten mad and gotten mad and gotten mad and gotten mad and tried to hide it tried to hide it try to hide it and that eventually boils over to what you've seen from some of those players and they all want to win right they all have pride in the game i don't think that it, at those points it was necessarily personal but there is a yeah. root to it and i really do wonder if if that's what it is with russell wilson where it's just he's in his own head you you saying at the yeah. top is he broken yeah he's completely broken right now i don't think there's really any doubt about that but it's now the question becomes kind of how do you fix it can you fix it because a lot of those issues about okay hey this isn't working we want to do something different is that what led him to leave seattle like did he yeah. not want to hear that is that going to be the same issue that they have in denver we'll and how- see and i think that's going to go into who they hire next as their head coach and how good does this make pete carroll look as a coach to be able to get the most out of like there's so many layers it, it to me it's similar um in a way to like we know we should know especially this year how good mike tomlin is as a head coach mm. uh and how he's one of the best coaches in the nfl that people say yeah he's really good but never really put him in some of those upper stratospheres that i think absolutely belongs but after like the whole antonio brown thing or it's like in Le'Veon bell and like all these guys like mike tomlin <laughs> would handle things a lot better than he ever got credit for after the fact. Once we learn more, it seems like the same thing's happening with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. Yep. I, I agree that you, you, you can point out the best coaches in the NFL are the ones who are around a long time. And the ones who are, they're often the ones who just constantly listen to their players, know how to deal with players, know how to keep a level head, know how to keep the locker room the way they need, need, need to be a disciplinarian when you need to be a disciplinarian, be a friend of a player when you need to be a friend of a player, be an authority figure, be a role model, be a, someone who's just sitting next to them, putting your hand over their shoulder, whatever it is. Like the, the best coaches know how to be all of those things at the right times. And Mike yeah. Tomlin, absolutely one of the best. And so is Andy. I mean, we know that locally. Oh, yeah. Everybody listening, Andy, listening like, without yeah, that's Andy Reid. That that yeah, is 100%. what he has been praised praised for uh, his entire career. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Talk a little bit about the other side of the ball uh, mm-hmm. in this matchup because going into the first matchup, you know, the Broncos, everybody making fun of the Broncos' offense and Russell Wilson, but the defense had been playing so well that they'd only allowed more than twenty points like three times going into that game. Obviously, right. a little different now. Um, giving up 51 points last week to the Rams, firing their coach, motivations, everything that we just talked about being different. But on if they come out and play well at all, all of that side stuff away, what about the matchup and what they like to do are you interested in seeing in this game on Sunday? I think Broncos are going to come out strong on defense, right? For as much mm-hmm. as I think there's going to be offensive struggles right out of the gate because there always are in Denver, I really do think that this is a Broncos defense that's going to be motivated. That's going to be able to say, hey, screw the rest of the world, screw the outside noise, let's go out and let's play the best game we can. We know we're one of the best defenses in the NFL. Now, 
when the Chiefs inevitably go up by multiple scores, does that continue? Okay, maybe you could probably get into uh, some lesser motivation there, but this is a really good defense. Ajero Evero, their defensive coordinator, has been one of the standout defensive coordinators in the NFL this year. They gave him a shot to be the interim head coach. He actually turned it down, um, mm-hmm. turned it down out of respect for Nathaniel Hackett because of how good of friends they are. I also think that a little bit of self-preservation went into that yeah. because you don't want to have to take over over the last two games, you know. So I think I think that, it, but I do think that it was both, and I think that Ajero is a very smart dude. He's going to be a head coach of candidate as we come into the offseason here, and this is still even right now what he can do against the Kansas City Chiefs is a massive bullet point for a resume that you would have as a potential head coach. Say, okay, look what I did against Kansas City Chiefs in week 14, right? Three turnovers from Patrick Mahomes. I was able to be a catalyst for that comeback. You know, we had defensive scores, all that. You get to do that again. Even if the Broncos don't get to win, you get to boast that. So what Denver has done all year pretty well is get after the quarterback. They've registered a lot of pressures, and some guys have been in and out of the lineup, but um, – Really, when they can get pressure up front, that secondary really gets to attack. And even those linebackers, too. The linebackers are playing well. Jewel Singleton, those guys, as we saw um, last time, they they lined up against the Chiefs with a couple of interceptions coming from the linebacker duo. So I, I think the pressure up front really is where it all starts. Now, the Chiefs, for as much as here on this show, we have talked about how their offensive tackle duo has allowed a lot of pressures this season. They actually held Denver pretty much in check last time they lined up against them. Only two sacks on the day, a pass rush win percentage of just 45 and a half, which is about 10% points lower than what it normally is on the season. They're about 55% of a pass rush win rate when trying to get after the quarterback this year. And so I think that once again, that's going to be a major factor here, right? You don't want a ton of disruption coming from the defensive line because that's when, sure, Patrick Mahomes is one of the best at dealing with pressure, but you, know, you even saw last game, some of those interceptions that he threw, it's a little bit of pressure in him. He's trying to get rid of the ball a little bit early. Those are plays that Patrick Combs has made in the past that he just didn't happen to because that's the game of football. The other guys get paid to. It's not going to be pinpoint deadly accurate and magic every single time. So the fact of the matter is that even though Patrick Holmes is great against pressure, when you pressure him, it does leave the results susceptible to something that the Chiefs might not want and the Broncos too want. So mitigating that front pressure is huge because, of course, the the Chiefs are good enough on offense to where if you can get Patrick Mahomes that extra second or two of time, he's kind of going to figure it out. So uh, that's the big one to me is is holding them below that 50% pass rush win percentage like they did last time. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. Yeah, a couple things uh, based on what you said. There's a lot to unpack there because three of Patrick Mahomes' 11 interceptions on the year came in this game, or came last time they faced the Broncos defense. And if you were listening to our network, we spent everybody spends a lot of time making fun of Denver because of Russell Wilson, the offense. But that defense, for all the points you just made, have been very, very good. They're getting after the passer. Patrick Sertan Jr., one of the best young cornerbacks in the NFL, can absolutely mm-hmm. play football. Um, but yeah, Patrick Mahomes forced a little bit. I think it was a little bit something different on each of those interceptions. Some of those are just great plays uh, made by the defense. But uh yeah, and then on the offensive line, as far as the protection, I look back because it was in the midst of this Orlando Brown Jr. resurgence and what we've seen him playing really well since that loss against the Bengals, Orlando Brown Jr. And we've talked about it this week on multiple shows with the PFF numbers of Orlando Brown Jr. being the top-rated tackle over the last six weeks. Now, the, they haven't played the Bills or the Bengals. And those are two games that he struggled, and that seems to be the, the other side that people want to bring up. But the lens in which people have been talking and watching Orlando Brown Jr. since those games has been, I'm looking for something negative because I don't think he's very good. Mm-hmm. And I would like for people that are listening to this to, to go into this game saying, you know what, this guy's playing. I'm not saying he's the best tackle in football. And not saying just because he's graded out over the last six weeks that that means he's the best. But he has improved. Nate Taylor has told us on Tuesdays he was dealing with a knee injury earlier in the year that he was kind of playing through. Didn't help. He didn't have a lot of camp. And they had two quick games with that Thursday night opener after the first one. I played two games in like five days right off the top of the season when he wasn't real healthy. And maybe now he is starting to get healthy. But pay attention to this in the the lens that uh, Orlando Brown Jr. is playing significantly better. Because over the last two regular season games, that's what you want to see. And I like the fact they're going up against a Denver team that has some success getting after the quarterback. So we can get some sort of competition there because... Um, we know he's going to get it the following week. He and Andrew Wiley against Max Crosby, if Max Crosby mm-hmm. plays in this game uh, against the Raiders. But uh, yeah, Orlando Brown Jr. He graded out like 88 uh, last time these guys played when I just looked up those numbers. But uh, I would caution fans to not look through the lens of what you expected Orlando Brown Jr. because of the talk all season, but of what he's done lately. And it might change your opinion a little bit as you're watching, hopefully, because we need him to play well if the Chiefs are going to go deep into the playoffs. Yep, 88.4 pass blocking grade against the Broncos. The um, next week against Houston was 78.6. And then last week against the Seattle Seahawks, it was a 90.3. So really nice grades. Uh, Has only allowed four pressures over those games, three against Houston. And so if you look at those two games against Denver and Seattle, only one pressure allowed, no stacks allowed. So um, obviously these, this is a much better showing than uh, what we've been talking about throughout the year. So regardless of it, what the reason, whatever you think this is, uh, it's good to see your left tackle yeah. playing better the way that he has. And the good news is the people in that building, if he was playing through an injury and he was playing at like 70, I have no idea. I'm just throwing this out there that there's always another explanation, um, or another 
set of variables that you might not know that's out there. Maybe he is and has been playing injured or playing through some stuff that the coaching staff, the support staff, all those guys know about. And I don't want to say they reward him for it, but if him at 70% is still better than putting Tooney and moving guys around, um, that's a benefit. Doesn't mean they're going to sign him to extension because of it, but it means once he starts to feel a little bit better, he's starting to play better. That's what we want to see at this point in the season. All right, let's get to the to the last one, and it's just this one simple word, discipline. Yeah, yeah, it's just the, the, the matchup is discipline, and I don't have a, a ton of p- yeah, insider PFF numbers for this one. I mean, they, they missed nine tackles against the Broncos the last time they played them. They've got to shore up wow. the tackling. The time of possession battle um, was way closer than it needed to be. I think I have that right here. It was 30 minutes 13 seconds for the Chiefs 29 minutes 47 seconds for the Denver Broncos it it just it did not need to be that close I I mean you're up on this team 27 to nothing you've got to be able to take care of the ball a little bit better and there were a couple of instances during those first two interceptions um, with Mahomes where it's like hey could have leaned on Isaiah Pacheco a little bit more now the time that it was in the game, you know, it was a two-minute drill, especially that second interception. It was a two-minute drill. They were trying to get down to get points. I get it. They were keeping their foot on the gas pedal. We complain about teams not doing that all the time. So I don't want to just be this revisionist person who goes back because it didn't work and say, like, oh, you should have done it the other way. So I understand right. what they were doing. But five straight dropbacks when you're clearly in possession of this game maybe was a little bit of a reminder. I don't want to say lesson because these guys have forgot more about football this week than I'll ever know. But – I think it was a little bit of a reminder of like, hey, when you're up 27 to nothing in a divisional game, when you yield a touchdown and then it's 27 to seven, maybe we just like we we, we just run it out a little bit. Maybe we just get just to the half. Just you know, we just slow it down a little bit and we make sure that we yield the results that our 27 points that we got in the first half are 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 going to warrant for us. So I just feel like uh, being a little bit more in control, being a little bit more balanced, I would say, on offense versus a team that you know you should be, right? And I think this is a good practice as well. You know, when yeah. you get into the playoffs, there's going to be plenty of times where sure it's going to be back and forth against the Dolphins, the Bills, the Bengals, the Ravens, whoever it's going to be. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be back and forth for most of the game because these are going to be good teams. But there's going to come a point, at least you hope, to where you go, all right, game's winding down. We're up a score. This is where we've got to pound the rock. We got to be good at it. And for the run game, especially when it comes to being a really good team in postseason play, this is not something that's going to exist, I think, throughout the entire game, right? Especially when you got teams like the Bills, the Bengals, the Chiefs, right? These teams could be the Dolphins, right? These high flying offenses. You're going to be passing the ball a lot. Now, that's not to say you're not going to be running the ball at all, but you're going to be passing the ball a lot. But there's going to come a time when you need to run the ball and you have to turn it on. Like the run game has to be good right away. So I think that this is going to be a really great test for the Cincinnati – or sorry, not the Cincinnati, the Kansas City Chiefs running game to say – how much production can we get here? When yeah. they need to lean on us, can we show up when we need it? And I think that that's going to be the big point for me. It's just re- disciplined football. Shore up the tackling. Obviously, don't have the turnovers. Don't lose the turnover battle. But also, keep the time and possession in your favor a lot more than you need to, especially against a worse opponent. And when you call upon the run game, let it hit. And you could do it a little bit more often, have some more faith in it to control the game, to control the possession uh, yeah. a little bit better than they did in Week 14. 
don't give me don't get don't worry i'm gonna ask you about the the Bengals bills before this is over uh, before okay. we go because there's gonna be a lot of Chiefs fans obviously watching that one but yeah for me i've been saying it the last few weeks like survive in advance just don't get hurt just win the football game and move on i don't care how it looks uh as what it was a couple weeks ago i'm starting to care a little bit more how it looks because you got two two chances left before you go into the playoffs and either play in the wild card round or hopefully um if the Bengals can pull it out then the chiefs would get that first round by if they can win over the next couple of weeks and based on what's happening in Denver and what's happening with the Raiders that Jared Sidham is starting that Denzel Perriman's not playing Chandler Jones is not playing. I don't see a scenario in which the chiefs don't win that game. If it's mm-hmm. a number one seed is on the line. Uh, and so it don't get hurt. That's the only thing that can really affect anything. So just don't do anything stupid. Don't put anybody in a bad spot. Uh, stay healthy, be efficient. I'm excited to get McCole Hardman uh, back on the field. We've only had one game this year because of Kadarius Tony, which you know all about Kadarius Tony being at uh, Florida, but there's only one game that Kadarius Tony and McCall Hardman played together. And it was that Tennessee game that Kadarius Tony had been with the team for like three days. And so we haven't seen a fully healthy, fully available chiefs offense so far this year. Not that we're going to see a lot of the creative stuff uh, with two weeks left to go against teams that they should beat, but I'm excited to see just a, a well-oiled, efficient performance, uh, even if it means leaning on the running game a little bit and they don't go out and score 35 points. Um, just don't want anyone to get hurt. But Trevor, before we let you go, want to get your thoughts on the Bills and the Bengals game on Monday night. How do you see this playing out? Um, and against, it's really hard for me to root for the Bengals. I'm not going to lie, but I'm going to. <laughs> you have to. You have to right now. Every Chiefs fan out there has to. You got to do what's right for the team. Maybe just the shade of red gets a little bit more orange this week. That's all. It I is. don't want to like the Bills, but like it's hard not to like Josh Allen. I love Mitch mm-hmm. Morrison, one of my favorite people I've ever been around um, in covering. So like it's hard to root against them, but like want a first round buy. Like I want home field. I want the games at Arrowhead. And I feel very uncomfortable rooting for the Bengals, but sometimes you got to do things you don't want to do. <sighs> This is turning out to be the game that we all wanted it to be, right? Absolutely everything is on the line with this. The Bills have a chance to avoid going to Arrowhead during the playoffs. They have a chance to keep that number one seed, to go into the playoffs with full momentum, right? Because they've been playing better lately. And I'll tell you, a week ago, two weeks ago, I would have been like, hey, it's going to be a good game. I think the Bengals are going to win. Now, I still think the Bengals are going to win, but it it causes, as you just heard, a deep sigh. Like I, I <laughs> these teams are so damn good. I just have to respect how good Cincinnati has been at home this season. Uh, how motivated motivated they are going to be for this game. How incredible that defense has been playing throughout the second half of the season and really the entire season. And just how the offense is clicking on all cylinders now. Right. I, I mean, you've got yeah. Trent Irwin who who's showing up scoring multiple touchdowns a game as if, as if teams in the NFL aren't like what, like T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Jamar <laughs> chase isn't enough. Like now you got to give him this Trent Irwin guy. So I, I just, I, I think that the Bengals are going to win this game. I think it's going to be back and forth to the very end. I think it's going to be an instant classic. It's going to be one of the games of the year. And, of course, Monday Night Football means that uh, everybody gets to watch it. So yeah. uh, I think the Bengals are going to win this one. Um, and I, I do, I, I, I've do. i said that the Chiefs are going to get the one seed. I'll stick with it, even though all of these teams are playing at an incredible level. It can happen any other way. But I'll say, or I'll say Kansas City. Sorry, not Kansas City. Sorry, uh, Cincinnati is going to beat the Buffalo Bills on Monday. 
love to hear it. And I, I'm really looking forward to Tuesday when all of the Bills and all of the Bengals fans are complaining that the Bills and the Bengals both beat the Chiefs, but somehow they still ended up with the one seed because we um, overcame that loss to the Colts, which I still cannot believe in watching the Indianapolis Colts <laughs> that the Chiefs lost to the Colts earlier this The Colts this year. had the strangest season of all time, man. It's so, it is so well, that's not true. Urban Meyer was a coach last year, um, but the, the, the Colts have an unreal year of ups and downs. So it is funny looking back on it, how that game um, they were able to overcome that one. If they end up with the one seed still, it'll be funny. If not, it's all eyes are going to go back to that game and be like, really, really? Yeah. That's, that's what did it. But mm-hmm. anyway, man, uh, appreciate it. Again, it's going to be very uncomfortable for Chiefs fans rooting for the Bengals. But if the NFL for all of the horrible primetime matchups that had probably six months ago looked great on paper uh, that have turned out to be complete duds, they got this one, to your point, absolutely right. Uh, hopefully making up for that. And we'll all be watching it. Again, that's Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus. You can catch him and Mike Renner every weekday at 11 on It's Just Football at Pro Football Focus, uh, sharing great stats like they do on this show for the Chiefs matchups, but all across the NFL. So make sure to check that out. And we appreciate all of you for hanging out with us today. We'll have more content getting you ready for Chiefs and Broncos. Again, go check out the interview that I did with Dr. Amy Patel, the Chiefs 2022 NFL Fan of the Year nominee for her work with breast cancer research and care and radiology uh, here in the Kansas city area. It's an inspiring story. It's really cool what the NFL is doing and the way that she found out and everything around it. Really cool story there on our sometimes weekly sports and stuff show. Uh, But appreciate everybody for hanging out. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to KC sports network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review. If you like what you heard and think others would as well, you can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.